0: This is the Build Your Path Podcast, where we explore how people get into their careers in the built environment. Today's guest is Kelly Ennis. Kelly has over 20 years' experience in the industry and is the founder and managing principal of the Verve Partnership. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shapiro and Duncan, build the lifestyle you deserve. Welcome on into the Build Your Path podcast, hosted by myself, Matthew Pine. I am with my guest today,
1: Kelly Annis. Coolest thing I've ever done, or the unique thing I've ever done, um, in my career. I don't. I don't think there is any one, um, one piece, um, one thing. Um, I think that. Um, early in my career, um, designing studios and um, space for MTV for a young designer, um, that was that was pretty cool and was a really uh, great opportunity. Um, I had lived in Los Angeles at the time, uh, and I was very lucky to have started my career uh, in LA, uh, so got to do some really cool things out there, and then um, when we moved back east, um... Starting the Verve partnership definitely ranks as the coolest thing ever. Um, We've been in business for 10 years and, you know, we're just really fortunate to have worked on some really amazing projects uh, here in Baltimore.
0: All right. So, Kelly, if you want to walk us through a little bit of maybe your early life, you know, how did you get here? What pathway did you really follow to get where
1: you wanted to be? So um, I got my first set of Lincoln Logs when I was eight years old and I really never looked back. Um, I've always been very design and um, architecture focused through since that moment in time. Uh, my dad taught me how to draw our house uh, with a pencil on graph paper and um, really just, uh, you know, followed in, in his footsteps a bit from a, a design and a creative capacity. and. Um, I grew up in rural Pennsylvania and moved to Baltimore to go to MICA uh, for interior architecture. So, and I just I've never looked back.
0: And when you went to MICA, you knew exactly what you wanted to do and like had a total game plan prepared.
1: Yep. I had a total game plan. Um, I applied to design schools all, all across the East Coast um, and was thankful enough to get into all of them. And uh, Micah afforded me a really sweet scholarship. And um, they just had a really strong program in design and, and interior architecture and graduated with a degree in interior architecture um, in the 90s. So, yeah, it was a path. Like I said, yeah, never looked back.
0: So for our listeners, uh, maybe they may not know what it is that you do. Could you kind of explain that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because nobody really, um, my, my parents still don't know what technically <laughs> that that I do. So um, my degree is in, in interior architecture. Um, there are also other degrees um, within the interior environment. There's interior design you can get a bachelor's of science, you can get a BFA, you can get a BA, but essentially we design from the inside out. And, um, so we, it's interior design and interior architecture. Um, so we do everything on the inside of, of a building. We just don't build the buildings.
0: Who would you say has been a mentor or maybe mentors in your field?
1: So I think there's um, you know, been a lot of influential uh, people in my life that, that got me here. Um, I credit my high school art teacher um, first and foremost, because she was the one who encouraged me to, to go to design school and um, focus on um, a path of, of design and, and interiors. And I was thankful enough to work at HOK when I was in Los Angeles and Pam Light, who is a principal at HOK. HOK is a global design firm. Um, with offices, you know, all over the place. Um, and she she was just fantastic um, from the standpoint. But some of my favorite architects are, who focus on interiors, um, and some ground up are the likes of uh, Joey Shimoda and Clive Wilkinson. Um, but it, it was Pam Light who really, you know, shaped shaped, helped me shape my career in design and strategy.
0: So how would you describe, you mentioned, kind of already what you do, but how would you describe like how interior architects, designers and strategists, how are they an integral part of the built environment?
1: So we, our firm um, focuses on um, the strategy of space, how people use space, um, how uh, brand and purpose is reflected through space. Um, The people piece is really the culture of the space that takes um, that starts to take shape we primarily focus in corporate workplace so Mm -hmm. offices and headquarters are our main clients Um, so we really um, have a little bit of an organizational development bent as a precursor to the built environment Um, we spend a lot of time researching the organizations that we're working with um, what makes them different and how they tick um, why are their people different than, um, you know, in, in different market sectors? Why are lawyers different than, um, you know, technologists? And why are technologists different than medical professionals? And, and really understand the culture of every organization that we work with and, and, and um, the unique nature of what they do for um, for a living. Um, and that really starts to inform and shape the way that people work and how people work differently. And how that plays into the built environment is—is is really, it's just a comprehensive—it's um, a comprehensive approach to um, the interior environment. So it's not, we're not designing for design's sake. We're not decorating by any stretch of the imagination. It, it's a very comprehensive look at everything from the inside out, from how you sequence, like what is your sequence? How do you enter the to the building? How, mm-hmm. how do you experience the receptionist? What is your experience with the receptionist? And how does space really support those experiences um, with it within the context of um, you know the built environment, the built office, office space, and,
0: and maybe as a, a bit of a follow-up, do you see like COVID-19 affecting you know how office spaces are, are built and and designed, especially maybe if you need to retrofit?
1: Yeah, so that's a really good question um, that we're having a lot of conversations about right now, and um, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen. It would be irresponsible of me to say that there's one one thing um, you're hearing a lot. Well, it's going to the office is going away, or everybody's going to cut their real estate in half, or everybody's going to double their real estate because nobody's going to want to share space anymore. And and I I really think that there are some things that can be taken care of immediately as it applies to safety, because I think that has to be our number one concern as problem solvers is how do we keep our employees safe and how do our clients keep their employees safe. Um, and what we're seeing really is, um, it's really going to be about indoor air quality and um, how indoor air quality impacts, you know, like we're in office, we, we spend 87% of our time indoors. and the air quality that we breathe in commercial office buildings is not up to par with the with the indoor air quality that you breathe in a medical office building or a hospital. So we really need to improve the indoor air quality. Um, Um, within within commercial office buildings and commercial office space. That's gonna be, I think one of the number one thing to be affected by COVID-19. In addition, I think touchless everything, automated doors, automated, I mean, there's already, the, the technology is out there. It just really needs to be implemented on a holistic approach to it within an an entire building so it's elevator buttons it's automatic you know um automatic flush valves on your um on your toilets hand sinks like everything is going to be some sort of touchless something and that that level of automation really really needs to be addressed. I think as it applies to the office experience, I don't think anybody should really be um, stating if it's going away, if it's going in half, or if it's staying the same, because I think it's going to be very, very dependent on the user um, and the market sector. I think what's going to work for a law firm is gonna be very different than you know, a corporate headquarters, which is gonna be very different from a general contracting office. So I, I think it, it's just gonna be, based on the culture of the market who owns or uses the real estate that we're in, but behaviors definitely need to change. Um, and we can help, we can, you know, we address that, um, design can address that.
0: What is the most unique or maybe the coolest thing you've ever done in your career?
1: Um, so i'm gonna precursor what i had initially said because actually prior to um prior to design um i graduated in the recession of the early 90s um where then (laughs) and i've been through a couple of recessions since then this one not you know not excluding this one that we're um that we're in but um i actually took off and waited tables in key west for about three years um as a precursor to design because i couldn't find a job um and that really was that that like that was cool i graduated college and i moved to key west to wait tables and that i think really helped shape um, my resiliency um, mm-hmm. in doing what what i'm doing right now um kind of you know through the course of life i wound up living in uh, los angeles for about eight years as a young designer and um it was at a time when the economy was recovering um from the two recessions of the 90s and um really had a lot of fantastic opportunities when I worked um, at HOK, um, designing studios, um, working with MTV, um, you know, went to the MTV Music, Music Awards um, a couple of times because they were our client. So it, it really puts a, a lovely impression on a young designer when you get to know your clients and form those kinds of relationships that they're like, oh, you know, hey, you want a couple tickets to like yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, just kind of cool, right? So, you know, we brought our whole team a couple of times to um, some really cool things that you just wouldn't normally normally think of. Um, uh, when we moved back east, um, you know, I, I started the Verve partnership uh, 10 years ago. And we're very thankful to have worked on some pretty... Um, pretty amazing projects. But I think one of um, a really nice catalyst was working um, with Betamore, which was one of the original co-working spaces, um, um, you know, for um, by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Um, And and that was a really, I think, pivotal um, space, because at that point, nobody really knew what co-working was. And I think the the founders of, of Betamore did a awesome job um, in really building a community um, and the design supported everything that they were doing um, in both locations. Um, so I think that was a pretty cool out of the gate kind of project for us when, when we started the firm.
0: Yeah, and I think your, your initial point that you made is, is a good one for our young listeners because, you know, some people get out of school and they don't know it necessarily what they want to do right away or they're, they're kind of lost, you know, so it's good to hear that you know, you took three years, you know, essentially off of your career path and still ended up as uh, successful as you are. So I think that's a good yeah. point.
1: You made. Oh, thanks. Yeah.
0: You know, what makes you get up in the morning? What brings you joy to your work?
1: Um, so that's that's a good question. We were chatting in the office before this whole mess um, um, happened. And I, th- I said to um, one of our younger designers, I said, you know, if I like when I die, <laughs> I, I would really just I just really want everybody to know how much I cared about their space, their organization um, and and their people. And so, you know, what gets me going in the morning is, is really people and relationships, um, our team, the relationships that we have internal at a. Um, at the verve partnership and relationships that we have outside, like I, I there's, <laughs> I have a, a very old, old and dear friend um, from, and I've known her for years. She's actually my college roommate um, at Micah, so I've known her for over thirty years. And um, she says, Kelly, you are the friend who just will not let go. Mm-hmm. And when when I, I th- and I think our clients are a testament to that. Um, I still talk to the guy from MTV. And I met him when I was in my early 30s. So at this point, that's almost 20 years ago. Um, and we exchanged Christmas cards, and um, that's what gets me up in the morning is the is you know building relationships and maintaining them. And I've got some really great old friends and some really amazing clients.
0: So as the next question for you, this doesn't necessarily have to be you know in your professional career, but who is mm-hmm. the smartest person that you know, and what do you learn from them?
1: That's a that's a funny question, um, because I I don't know who the smartest person, (laughs) (laughs) the smartest person I know and why Um, it's a hard question. Um, I I'm going to go with um, my kids. Um, I have two small, they're not small, actually, anymore. I have two boys, um, ages 12 and 15, and those kids are smart. Like it, I, the, the world that they are living in and the problems that they are going to be solving, they are, they are building that knowledge base now. Yep. And I'm inspired by what they're able to do, um, in their lives. Like we've never, you know, lived through a pandemic They're you know, 12 and 15, they're going to know what to do. They're going to they're going to be the ones, you know, who save our lives and solve all the problems. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with my kids because just watching them, um, is just a really pretty cool, a really, a pretty cool thing.
0: Cool answer, not what I expected, but I like it. Good. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of young people, like if a young person uh, came up to you today and asked, you know, if they should pursue a pathway in design or in interior architecture,
1: what would you tell them? So, um, I, along with um, the majority of my peers, will say, "Run." Um, And it's 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 um, it's a committed profession. You have to be committed to it um, because you know the world is hard. Um, and design is easy. Um, but you but it's the commitment to design and and problem solving, I think is um, really um, really what sets the um, in interior design and architecture apart. we are problem solvers. Um, I think there's also a misnomer that you know we get paid a gazillion dollars because cause we don't. Um, but um, I would encourage. Um, I would encourage them to follow their heart. We had a a lovely young intern over the summer um, and um, she really wanted to go into um, hospitality um, Mm -hmm. design. And we don't do hospitality design as a, I mean, we can, but it's not, it's not our core competency and, um, she so she came and she worked with us for the summer and, and I you know I helped I introduced her to a couple of other firms in D.C. because she really wanted to work in D.C. and she really wanted to do hospitality and um, when she left at the su- at the end of the summer um, she she just actually she's graduating today actually it's today her today is her graduation day um, and um, I offered her a job before COVID um, we're still going to see if we can't bring her on at some point over the summer but um, she's like I don't I don't want to do um, hospitality anymore. Kelly, I want to work with you and your team. Um, so I, which is pretty cool, right? That, I mean, that, yeah. was just like, I was like, Oh my God, I almost cried. Um, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, in being, you know, leading people and encouraging people to try new things, um, mm-hmm. it's key in design. Um, we don't do, you know, we don't do residential for a reason. You know, we don't, you know, people who do, you know, hospitals, don't do workplace. It's, it's really, there's many, many different opportunities. So a uh, long-winded way uh, to say, you know, explore many different options and find what drives you. And the interesting thing about Kate was she thought it was gonna be um, hospitality and what she realized it was really just about the people that you work with. And I think that's that's where you find your sweet spot.
0: Uh, as a bit of a wrap up for you, um, I know you you just mentioned you don't make a gazillion dollars, you know, in doing what you're doing. Yeah. But what are some of the rewards? What are some of the benefits that you reap from your profession?
1: Um, well, I mean, tactically speaking, we don't make a you know a poor living. Sure. <laughs> um, but I think um, I, I'm just going to go you know right back to relationships. Um, I think the the perks and the the experiences that we have as an industry, um, you know, um, visit Baltimore is one of our clients and they're just like the coolest people ever, ever. And going to opening day with them, is just really cool. They're all about Baltimore. You know, they're living and breathing Baltimore and Hey Kelly, we have extra tickets to opening game. Do you want to go with us? Yes. Oh my God. The project's (laughs) over. And yes, we totally want to go with you. That's, I mean, so, so to, to build, um, the perk is the relationship. I mean, because, that's, that's all we need. Right. Um, the, the, the perk will come after the relationship really. I mean, it's just, you know, we, we go on trips, we do cool things, you know, we get our work published, which is the, like the cool, that's like the coolest thing, you know, that you're being, um, recognized and, um, rewarded for the spaces that you design. Like that's the biggest, that's the biggest rush ever starts off on a piece of paper as a little sketch and, you know, now it's actually built and people are working in it and, you know, you win awards and it's just, that's, it's a big, that's a big rush.
0: When everything comes to fruition.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I really appreciate you coming on Kelly.
1: Sure. Cool. Thanks. I appreciate Uh, it.
0: If you want to learn more about Build Your Path podcast or the built environment overall, go ahead and visit buildyourpath.org. Another big thank you to our guest, Kelly Ennis, from the Verve Partnership. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Shapiro and Duncan. Build the lifestyle you deserve. Build Your Path podcasts are produced by the Maryland Center for Construction, Education, and Innovation. I'm Matt Pine. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.